You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. So, tonight we're going to talk about, um, about the one. If you were to, you know, take notes, as well as my friend over here to the left, uh, that is what you title tonight's talk, About the One. And... Uh, We're going to talk about God's heart for the one. In uh, in May of 2000, so quite some time ago now already, I asked Kyla to marry me, and uh, it was a nice it was a nice moment. She (laughs) she thought about it for a while. Yeah, so it was in in May of 2000 that I was. Um, built up enough courage to ask Kyla to marry me. And uh, before I proposed to her, we had already chosen a date to be married, and that date was December 23rd of 2000. And so the pressure in many ways was on. Uh, if, if you have ever um, proposed to someone before, you know that there's value in taking some time and actually putting effort into the proposal. If you just sort of like just throw a ring at them, it doesn't have the same... They may still say yes, but it may not have the same kind of... same ring to it. Very nice. The same ring to it. And so um, so the pressure was on. Kyla knew at any given moment, because we had already decided December 23rd would be the date that we would get married, I had to come up with a, with a, a sneaky way or a, a way that she would never know. And so May of 2000, um, skipping many details, we were driving down a motorway on the way to see my brother and his wife. And on the way there... I pulled over to the side of the road. At the time, both, well, mainly me, had this fascination with lighthouses, which there are not many of those in rural Alberta, Canada. But there are lots of barns because agriculture is a big part of Alberta. And so I liked taking pictures of barns and I liked taking pictures of lighthouses. And uh, I don't have a fancy camera by any means, but um, I had a camera that worked. And that's all that I needed. I also had a ring in my pocket. And so the Lord really did ordain and kind of like plan this moment out perfectly. Because even as we pulled up, it was like my wife and I simultaneously knew that we were to stop at this one particular location that I had figured out beforehand to go into this field and take a picture by this uh, a few of these old barns. And so we pulled over and we had to cross uh, through like a bit of a, um, a ditch that was kind of full of some water and some ants and, and some really nice things like that. We had to kind of go through this uh, barbed wire fence and then we had to walk a little ways. And as we were walking uh, towards this barn that I uh, wanted to go to to take this picture, 
I uh, decided to run ahead of my wife just a little bit, uh, except for she wasn't my wife at that time. Um, my fiance, not even a fi- not even a fiance. She was just this girl that I was hanging out with, and I wanted to marry her. And so I ran ahead, and uh, I took the ring that was in my pocket, and I put it in my like hoodie pouch in front of me, and uh, and and it was there, and everything was working out really well. And so then I asked Kyla, I said, "Would you?" Be willing to go and just stand inside this barn and kind of like stick your head out the, out the door and I'll take a picture of you. And so she said yes and so she went and did that. And then I said, okay, well now I want to go into the barn and you can take a picture of me. And so the plan is working. So what I did was when I went in, I quickly hid behind the door. And at that moment, I took the ring out of my pocket and I put it on the floor. Now, the floor was not this nice, shiny, clean floor. It had, like, a lot of not very nice products down there. And so the ring really stood out on this floor. And so the key was, put the ring down, look out, she would get the picture of me, and then I would go out, and then I'd ask her to then go back into the barn so that I could take a picture of her one last time. And so um, Kyla at first was like, oh, I don't want to go back in there. She's not one that loves getting her picture taken, but because she knew how, how I really wanted this, she just said, yeah, okay, I'll go back in. And so Kyla went back in, and as I said, the floor was not very clean. And so when you, got, when you went in, you, you didn't really just want to step wherever. You wanted to kind of select your footing carefully. And when she was selecting her footing carefully, she was obviously looking down. And when she looked down, she saw the ring staring at her. And she looked at me with this, like, right kind of face. And right at that moment, I took the picture. And so we have this this day of when I proposed to her on on camera. And it was just, it worked out so incredibly perfectly. I just... I was so proud of myself. It was just one of those moments where I patted myself on the back. So quickly after that, we took a few more pictures. She did say yes, and um, and we have so lived happily ever after. Uh, no hard times, no tough times, just smooth sailing. Um, so just after uh, the pictures were done, I ran back to my vehicle to grab my Bible and came back. And in that time we decided let's take some time to pray together. And I had a scripture for us to to read together. And it was Matthew 18. And that's where we're going to turn tonight, is to Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verse um, 12 says, What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. So, Kyla and I, I read that to her, and then we decided to, to pray together because we wanted to start this time on the right kind of foot. And so I took some time to pray. And in, in this prayer, 
the, one of the main things that stuck out was we said to each other and we agreed together that whether we had much or little, we would always be about the one. Whether we, whether we lived in a, a hum, huge, really nice mansion, big house, whatever, with all the stuff, or whether we had very, very little, we would always be about the one. That would be, that would in a sense be our mission, our purpose in life, that we would be about the one. And, uh, because Jesus was about the one. And so far in our lives, we have definitely not been perfect at being about the one. But we definitely have made it a priority in our lives. We have made it a priority to always be about the one. The parable of the lost sheep is also um, recorded in Luke 15. And at the time, um, I was quite new in my faith. Kyla was quite new in her faith. And I don't actually think that I knew that it was in another location in the Bible. I just, I knew it was in Matthew 18. And then somewhere down the road, I realized that it was in Luke 15. And so I thought, well, that's kind of neat. Two people were talking about it. It's fairly important. Um, so both obviously are talking about a hundred sheep and how the shepherd leaves the 99 to find the one. And the big difference I have found, um, just in the past few years is that Matthew, there's this emphasis on someone still belongs but has wandered. And I say still belongs because there are many that have at some point in their lives given their heart to Christ and then they have chosen a different path for a season. They've wandered off, right? And I, I believe truly that they still belong. They still belong, but they have just made a decision to wander off. And so in Luke, there's this emphasis more on about one that has never had faith in God and is found. That's kind of the, the differences between the two parables. And the point, and, and my point basically is this, that God is about the one. He is just, he's about the one. So much so that he'll leave the crowd to go after the one. Now that to me is always amazing. That God's not caught up in the crowd. He's caught up and he knows each and every one of us. And he will do whatever it takes to go after the one person that doesn't know him. Or the one person that's wandered in the way. That's how much... He loves us. And some people may be thinking, well, what about the 99? If he goes after the one, what about the 99? And, and really, um, you know, will the 99 be okay without the shepherd? And yes, they will. They will be okay. Because the point isn't about the shepherd forgetting about the 99. The point is the one. Or the one's that are on their own, the ones that are without a shepherd, the ones that are without Christ in their life. That's the point that this parable is trying to make. It's not focusing on the 99, it's focusing on the one. And so, you know, tonight, if you're here and you know you fit into the category of the one, you're in the right place. 
you're in the right place tonight. And my prayer, always when we meet together here, is that if you are the one, the one that's wandered away, or the one that has not yet had an opportunity to experience Christ for yourself, you're in the right place, because He wants to meet with you here. And my heart, and my prayer, and many of our prayers, are that you would experience His love, that you would know that there is a God that deeply cares about you and will seek you out and will find you. And uh, and that's not in like a weird way. That's just in a passionate, loving way because he cares so much for each and every one of us. And the rest of us, no matter how, no matter whether we have it all together or we don't really have it together, no matter how prepared we feel or unprepared we feel, the bottom line for us is that we have a responsibility to God's word. We have a responsibility to, to have that heart of God and to seek after that one, the one that's wandered or the one that has not come to Christ in, uh, at, at some point in their lives. I believe that as we enter into this new year, it would be good for all of us as a church family to say that we will be about the one. I know that that this was sort of something that God put on mine and Kyla's heart over 14 years ago. But I really believe that as a church, that it would be very good for all of us to say, we want to be about the one. We want to be about the one that's wandered off. We want to be about the one that is completely lost. We want to be about the one. And... Um, when we started this journey as followers of Christ, we signed up to be messengers of Christ. That's what we signed up for. Again, not maybe perfect at living our lives for Christ. Maybe we are making some makes mistakes here and there. Maybe there's a little bit of messiness here and there. Maybe we don't feel prepared or whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, God has called us to be about the one as he is about the one. Second, Second Corinthians... 5.17-20 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. You know, that, it doesn't get any more clear to me when I read that of the purpose that God has given to each and every one of us that we are to be his ambassadors, that we are to be his messengers of hope, that we are to, to, to take this message so people can be reconciled with him. That is and should be our number one priority, our number one responsibility, or it is our number one responsibility, to, to go out and to, to be Jesus to the one. I personally... And I know the lead team would would uh, 
would be with me on this. I have a dream for this church, this one right here in Brighton. And is that we would, you know, tonight there's not 30 people here. There's a bit, little bit less than that. But I have this dream that we would be, even in four months from now, we would be like 60 people in this place. Now, that is a huge step of faith to believe that. It's actually, I'm surprised I'm saying it. But that's my heart. I really believe that if each and every one of us would take it upon ourselves to be Christ to one person, we could very easily, in four months, be in a different place. Now, that's not to say that I just want a big church. I just want lots of numbers. My heart in this is that it's not really about numbers, it's about people, and people matter to God. That's the bottom line. The more people that are in this place means the more people that are hearing about the love of God. So it's right from the very beginning, my heart was about the one. If there was one person here, then I would speak to that person. I would do life with that person. I would do all of this for that one person. But people matter to God. And so my heart and my desire is to see this place grow. But the reality is that it can't happen if just one or two of us believe that together. I believe that it needs to be all of us together saying, this is our heart for this church. This is what we want to see. We want to see this place full because people matter to God. Because God cares about the one. It will take all of us. And I believe it is when we all partner with God that that can happen. And, uh, you know, there was a few weeks back where I talked about nothing is impossible with God. And one guy came up to me and said, I'm in a, in a fairly impossible situation and we prayed together. And uh, I don't know kind of where things are at with him right now. But I still believe that to be true, that nothing is impossible with God. And I really believe that when we take, in many ways these steps of faith that seem absolutely ridiculous, that's when God steps in and goes, I'm in this because you can't make it happen, but I can make it happen. And um, it's uncomfortable, in a sense, it's uncomfortable for me to say that. It's uncomfortable for me to go, this is, this is what I'm hoping for, this is what I'm dreaming for, this is what I'm believing for. And yet, at the same time, I want to be in that uncomfortable place because I want God to do what he wants to do in and through our lives and, and through uh, Center Church Brighton. In Matthew it says, and if he finds it. But in Luke it says, until he finds it. And, and then he carries on and he says, and when he finds it. And um, I understand that both scenarios are possible. I understand that in some Situations, some scenarios, seeking the one, maybe it won't happen. That one person you were talking to, maybe they won't come to Christ or maybe they won't want to be a part of what's going on here. But I believe ultimately that we have this responsibility also just to love. My, my heart has never been just to love people, just to win them to Christ. My heart has always been, let's just love people and leave it at that. 
And, uh, and, and I think sometimes people feel like I'm a project. They just want me to say this prayer to follow Jesus. And, and maybe I will just say that prayer so they'll leave me alone. Our responsibility is to, to love the one and then for those people to make up their own mind on what they want to do. Not to treat people like projects, but just to love them as Christ would love them. So until he finds it, Luke says, until he finds it, and when he finds it. I'm challenging us tonight to be the people that do as Luke records. My desire is not to be, well, if, but I'm just going to be until. I'm going to just keep doing everything that I possibly can within my strength, which isn't very much, to to be and to love the one and to, and to pray them into the kingdom of God. So I don't have a formula to make that happen. Um, but I do know that in my life there's been a few, a few things that I've done um, that I don't necessarily think are work is the right word, but that have worked in, in some ways. Um, and that's about being a person that perseveres, a person that sacrifices, and a person that deeply cares for others. I believe when we can carry these traits, along with, obviously, the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives, we're able to, to, to see that one that God loves come to Christ. And um, I, have a, a, I have a number of stories that I could share. But one that's on my heart tonight is um, about three years ago, something like that anyways, um, I met this one couple that were a real mess. And I don't say that disrespectfully. It's just that was where they were at in their lives. Things were not very nice. They, uh, they were both alcoholics. They were both, both abusive. They both had completely distanced themselves from family and any sort of connection with other people. They were, they weren't working. They were both depressed. Um, they both had very, very troubled like upbringings, and the list just went on. It was just one thing after another after another. And um, because Kyle and I have always been about the one and and uh, and just wanting to to really love people where they're at, um, I was at the church one day. So this is back in Canada, and um, I was preparing some stuff, and I got this phone call. And to be honest, I didn't really want to answer the call because um, I didn't know who it was, but I was focused on some other things. And uh, but I decided to pick up the, the call, and it was this gentleman. And so he started sharing with me about his life and uh, and how messy it was. And I thought, okay, well, Jesus, what would you do in this moment? And it was like, well, I would go and see them. And so I went to this place, and uh, I remember thinking, this is absolutely impossible. <laughs> like, it was just one of those scenarios where you just looked at their lives, and you looked at where they were, and you looked at the surroundings, and it was just like, this is, this is a mess, this is messy. Um, but at the same time, God... It was like just downloaded this deep care and deep concern for this couple in just this moment. And it was like unlike ever before. I mean, I'm sure there was another time, but 
it was just like this incredible deep care for people. And, uh, for, for specifically for this couple. And it was this deep care that God gave me that, um, that sustained me as I journeyed with them for, for a number of years. Kyla obviously journeyed with me and there was a few others, my mom and a few other people within the church that really journeyed with this couple. And I wish that, I wish that I could have said, you know, could say even now that it was smooth sailing, uh, with them, but it was downright messy. It was tiring and it was painful. Um, the whole kind of journey with them. Um, and the reality is that the enemy had such a stronghold in their lives. It was just, it was not to give him credit or glory or anything along those lines, but it was just this couple had made a number of decisions that just allowed the enemy to wreak havoc in their lives. And in that journey, I remember the scripture is, I think it's First John 3, where it talks about um, that Christ came to destroy the works of the enemy. And I held on to that so tight in their lives because I remember just thinking, there is no self-help book. There is no, like, special formula that you can get that is going to work in this case. It's just not going to happen. This, these, this couple needs the power of God to be operating in and through their lives for them to, for things to begin to change and for freedom to happen in their lives. And, um, and so that's, that's where we were at. We were just trusting that the, that God was gonna, was gonna just, that they were gonna allow God in, in many ways to destroy the works of the enemy in their lives. And, uh, they had some tough battles that, that they had to work through. Um, and I wasn't about to leave them to do that on their own. And so I just, I persevered with them. Again, as it, as it was, it was like, it was, it was messy. It was, it was tiring. It, it, it just wasn't very fun. And when I think about the shepherd, when he would leave the 99, I'm sure when he was in the pasture with the 99, it would have been, you know, fairly predictable. Uh, I don't, I'm not a shepherd, so I don't know how easy it would be, but I, I think it would be fairly predictable. I think it would be fairly, um, easy just to kind of keep things neat and tidy and nice and they're safe and they're not gonna, um, you know, hurt themselves or anything along those lines. But the shepherd, and as I, as I did, again, not to boast about what I did, but it was like leaving this the, this 99 and, and going after this one and going into territory that was just not very fun, that wasn't very nice, that wasn't very comfortable. But it was our heart to do that because we didn't want to see them hurt anymore. We didn't want to see them lost anymore. We didn't want to see them broken anymore. We didn't want to see uh, the enemy doing things in their lives that, that ultimately um, that he was doing. And so... I persevered with them and, uh, and, and wasn't thinking about, uh, how comfortable I could be with, with others. I just kept on focusing on them. And so there was also a lot of sacrifice involved. Right? God gave me this deep care for them. God gave me this ability to persevere with them. And God also gave me this ability to, to just sacrifice. There were times where we got phone calls at, you know, all hours of the evening or all hours of the night 
or during the day when we were doing other things that we felt like we needed to do. There were police involved often. There were just so many different things that were going on. And yet, God had called us, in this particular case, I guess it was two, but God had called us to the one to to just give everything that we had in order to see this couple come to Christ and to live this life of wholeness that we long for them to experience. It was one of those situations that I think God's calling all of us to, to just say yes to what he has and no to what we want to do. You know, being about the one is sometimes, as I've said, even in this couple's lives, in, in this couple's life, it was not very exciting at times. It was difficult at times. But it was something that God had called us to. And God, I really believe, is calling all of us to. And I, I really believe, as I said a few minutes ago as well, is that when we all decide that we are going to focus on one person or two people, that we can bring the change uh, not necessarily we can bring the change, but God can bring the change and do what he wants to do um, in this place. That we're, So that we can see this place grow in numbers because people matter to God. You know, the, their story's not over. Um, there's uh, a lot of different things that have gone on, and I, I won't go into any more details. However, I was talking to my mom last night, and she did say that the one... Uh, the, the um, the one gentleman uh, had taken a turn for for the worst um, since just before we left Canada. Um, however, um, he's back on the right path again. Some other people have kind of been a part of his life, and he's back on the right path. And so he's had lots of ups and downs. As they say, it's been really messy, but he's on the right path again. He's making some good choices again, and uh, and so I'm really thankful for what God is doing in his life. And again, you know we had decided that we were never going to give up on this one person. We had decided that we were just going to do life with them and love them and care for them. And that's my challenge for us tonight, is that we would just begin to do life with people, that we would begin to do life with that one person, with those two people, with those three people that you know, that, that you rub shoulders with every day at work or down at the bus station or on the train or wherever it would be, that you would begin to just see them as Christ sees them, just with this deep concern that they they need to know him, they need to experience him, they need to, to know that God loves them. In Brighton, we have so many people that are wandering, that are so so many people that are lost, that are hurt, that are broken, that that are looking for so many other things to fill their lives. And the reality is that that we have Christ is the the answer for them. He's the one to fill that void. And we all know that. I understand that. But my heart is that we would really, really decide that, that we will be about the one, that we would just be passionate about the one as the, as the good shepherd was leaving the 99 and going after the one. Let's, uh, stand together. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.